Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nourish Circle Podcast. Join the band as we gather in our Nourish Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. Today's episode is brought to you by our Join the Band Teespring store. Click the link in our show notes to check out our badass non-diet dietitian merchandise. Thank you for joining us today on the Nourish Circle podcast. For once, it's just Corey and I as we sit and chat about what it's been like to make the podcast in the last year, how we feel continually to work in the non-diet haze paradigm, and what's nourishing us right now. So settle in and enjoy. Hi, Lori. It's so nice to actually have just you and I time today. I know. It's super exciting. We do this a lot where we have these conversations that we're like, we should be recording this. So we're just going to do that. <laughs> well, we literally just said that we should be recording this. So yeah, here totally, we are. We started we're talking recording. before we were recording, <laughs> which is so, so very us, I think. Yes. So we have a bunch of episodes now that have connected with our community that's growing and we are so thankful and we just wanted to have an episode because we've been interviewing amazing people who have inspired us and we follow and just are so passionately connected to so now it's nice to be able just to kind of reflect on what's been going on for you and I yeah totally it's I think it's been a year now since we kind of had that meeting where we we're like, do you want to do a podcast? Yes. Um, and I think we've both changed and grown um, and learned and unlearned over the year and um, have had some really cool experiences doing the podcast, just getting to talk to people and listen to their learning and the tidbits they have to share and I think it's kind of cool to just kind of sit and maybe we should do more of these, have just these conversations about this as well. But Absolutely. There's always room and desire to do more for sure. And actually that has been something that you and I have been talking about over the last year around how there just seems to be so much work to do and so much learning to do that it can kind of be overwhelming. Yes. Yes, we were actually just talking before we hit record about how many online programs we both signed up for that we haven't finished. Or started. <laughs> or started. <laughs> and my um, hidden book file. <laughs> so I have this really ridiculous compulsion with books, I'm not going to lie. And I have this pile of books beside my bed that is close to 30 books right now. Mm -hmm. uh, all in this area and topic and various things and Every time someone posts like a book, I'm like, oh, I need that. Um, I thank I God for the used books on Amazon. I'm not going to lie. But, um, and even pre-ordering books in my head right now is not really ordering them right away. But my goal for this summer is to read it, read or finish reading at least 10 of them, <laughs> um, which I'm not sure is a very high goal. I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> but just to because there's so much and so much great work being done by so many amazing people that I just want to like devour it all. I just posted a picture on, I don't know if you know the dietitian, Adrian Pacoza. She's a uh, podcaster as well, but I posted her a picture because she was asking what's on everyone's 
reading list this summer. Yeah. And I said, this is 0.001% of my book list want to read this summer. And it was only four books because like, really, I have the same book pile. There's yeah. some in my office. There's some by my bed. There's some outside because wherever I happen to be able to pick up a book, I just totally. take that, that minute to read if it's only a page, a sentence, whatever. Yeah, I keep one in my car for when I'm reading yes. for kids to finish whatever activity I'm picking them up from. Um, but it was really cool. I'm just finishing up Happy Fat by Sophie Hagen, which I'm loving. Um, but my 11-year-old picked it up and started nice. reading it. And we started having these really interesting conversations just after the intro part of the book. Um, and it's so cool to kind of look at it through her lived experience and her eyes of being so young and um, not really realizing certain things in what connotations they may have because she just hasn't mm. experienced that in her own lived body. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's very interesting to kind of watch that viewpoint as well. And um, now admittedly, there's a chapter or so in that book where I'm going to hope we just, I realize before she gets there, we skip over it. Um, but <laughs> just some sex talk that I'm not ready to have with her. Um, but it's, I think it's super, super amazing to kind of just leave your books around and hope that people pick them up as well. Mm -hmm. as you're just getting a chance to read them. So that's my other thing is now just letting my kids pick up all these books and, Okay, let's talk about that. Because when you said that, it made me think of the fact that I used to hide some of my books. Like, like totally yeah. unconsciously. I didn't even uh, think of it until you just said that because there was, you know, some titles are very radical. Yes. And some content. And I guess I just did it as uh, warped pictures, especially, you know, I have two young children younger than yours at home yeah. and you do kind of go <gasps> like it's almost risque yes because it's so foreign to us yeah and you know we were just talking about the Chatelaine magazine in Canada uh, the summer issue had a woman in a larger body on the front cover and we were talking about how you know it was just for me it was so liberating to see that and Five years ago, if I had seen that, I feel like my response would have been completely different than it was today. But we don't get to see images of larger yes. body women on the front cover wearing a bathing suit. Yep. And, you know, now that I think of that, it's almost like subconsciously my body is putting these books all over the house, hoping that someone will pick them up. And you're right. I have family members that have picked up, can I read this? And sure, I have no idea how many books I have out loaned right now. But, oh. um, <laughs> but it's interesting you say that because you think, wow, like your 11-year-old picking that book up and reading that and having yeah. those conversations, how and organic that is. Yeah, like the, so the younger one, um, the Happy Fat book has a cover. I don't know if you've seen it. She's sitting on a stool and she has a happy face drawn on her belly. Um, and my younger one said, oh, that's super cool that she drew on her belly. Like not even commenting on the size of her belly that she's showing, but the fact that it had a happy face. Right. Um, the other book, um, The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. Like yes. it's, um, it's a beautiful cover of her pretty much naked um, with words covering certain parts of the body. Um, but I did used to flip it upside down. Um, when I was reading it downstairs mm. or something because I wasn't sure 
it wasn't that I didn't want them to see the body, but I wasn't sure how they would take like a naked body on the cover. And then finally one day, my youngest again, um, he just looks at me and he's like, I've already seen it. And he flipped it back over. Oh, and just, I was like, you're right, you have. And I was like, and is there anything to talk about? And he's like, no, it's a woman. And he just walked away. <laughs> and I'm like, fair enough. You're right. It is. It's just a beautiful picture of a woman. And I don't know why I felt that I needed to flip it upside down because, you know, they've seen breasts before. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it was just so, and it, there was no commentary about the size of her body or the color of her body or the strength in that picture. It was just, I've seen it, mom. Like, move on with it. You know, and sometimes I think it's super cool the way um, my kids just show me that what I maybe think are not ready for they are right because of um hopefully the way we talk about bodies in our house has made them them realizing that it you know it's stigmatizing to turn it over right and so it's i don't know it's just it, they teach me a lot of things too so yeah i leave the books around and let them look at the pictures and whatever we talk about it well i think you know, this has definitely come up the last couple of weeks in our household. Um, is my husband said to me the other day, he's like, you know, sometimes I, I hear you talking about your work and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <And I> just, <laughs> which is probably just sums up our relationship. But um, it's, it's really interesting how this work has impacted us personally, professionally, our yeah. families, uh, our friends, like there's our colleagues. I mean, we forget that. I think, you know, I've been doing, I've been a dietitian for 11 years now. And in that have had my journey towards using health at every size and weight inclusive care, non-diet dietitian, you know, identifying with all of these uh, paradigms of practice. And I forget that I, I've come so so much in my journey that when I'm talking to someone who hasn't had that similar journey or experienced parts of that journey, that they have no idea what you're talking about. Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, I think sometimes purposely now I plant those things just to show that I'm not the only one that is talking about this stuff yeah. and, and that, you know, there's other references we can show people that, Hey, Maybe, maybe if you're curious to learn more, would you want to borrow this or would you like to read it? Or would, can I read you a passage from this book, which I always say to my husband? Yes. Um, I was reading him a passage from uh, Jackie Jingris's book, uh, Longing for Recognition. Okay. I don't have that one. I need to add that to my list. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there are ebook versions of this which you can okay. order from Jackie so we'll have to link people to Jackie's contact so Jackie Jingress also has written critical dietetics and critical nutrition studies um, textbook which yeah. just came out this year too yes amazing um, another my, must read it's yeah in my cart, but not in my purchase pile yet oh my goodness so so that's in itself, I mean, Jackie has this really unique way of writing fiction and poetry with research. Mm -hmm. And it's just something I've never really seen before. So in Longing for Recognition, it pretty much summarizes your and I's experience in undergrad. <gasps> really? Oh, oh, 
Yes. I need to read that. So I read this book in 2010 and then I read it recently, reread it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to read something like that and then 10 years later read it and go, or nine years later, and go, holy smokes, I didn't get half of this or maybe all of it <laughs> until now because so much of it required unlearning and relearning um, because it was talking about in undergrad, we are given sort of this structure in nutrition. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from our college because we have – our competencies that we need to meet in order to write our exam. And so there's this power, right? Like there's this hierarchy of power. And if you challenge that in your undergrad or in your internship, that you are considered the one who doesn't belong or fit in. Yes. Yet we're also encouraged to think critically because when we read a, a study, we want to you know, critically analyze the study and learn how to do that so that when we're encountering professionals that are bringing us research studies that we can look at, you know, who's funding the study, what's mm -hmm. the size of the population, what's the significance. So there's almost like this fake, you know, think critically, but only within this box. Yeah. <laughs> and Jackie just explains it so well in Longing for Recognition that you just feel like, oh my goodness, this is the story that I've been living. And um, interesting enough, I gave it to my mom to read because I thought, you know what, I think you'd understand me better if you read this book. Yeah. And she's been reading back quotes to me, which I've been posting in social media because it's like, oh my goodness, this book, this book has now become like my framework for my life. Amazing. Yeah. So highly recommend to add that. Mm -hmm. I'm Googling it as you um, talk. Ever-growing summer read list. Yeah. Well, Fiona Sutherland posted a list or a pile of books. I was like, ooh, there's one on there I don't own. And then I'm like, I need to buy it. And then I said, I think for the amount of money I spent on books this year, I could fly to visit her. <laughs> <laughs> she had something on social media about her accountant. Yeah, that and, was amazing. And books. Oh, my goodness. I totally related to that. Totally. So in doing this work, this mm -hmm. is probably a really broad and very long answer, but what sticks out for you in how this has impacted you by using these kind of weight inclusive approaches? How has it impacted me as a person myself? Yes. Oh, so many ways. Um, I think for me, one of the big things is um, I've, I've always been curious and I've always been um, very questioning of things. Um, some would say it's not, it, it's got me in trouble a little bit, but um, I always, I, I don't think it has. Um, but for me, it's been this ability to really, really push up against what things didn't feel right for me um, and and then give me the strength to do that even in parts of my life that aren't necessarily work-related um, mm -hmm. and to to learn to go with my gut when mm -hmm. things didn't like the weight paradigm never felt good in my body um, learning about it in school didn't feel good 
uh, internship sure didn't feel good at times. And it just it didn't go with my lived experience as a human. It didn't go with my um, observations of the world. And I felt that the learning to question those things um, came a lot out of that and to learn to push back that my thoughts are just as relevant and important and therefore other people's thoughts are just as relative and rel like important. And it made me want to listen to other people's stories more than just be prescriptive. Right. Um, and I, I, and you know, I've talked about this tons with you on and offline, but um, I like to listen to everyone's stories, regardless of what context it is. Um, everyone to me is so fascinating and learning about being more weight inclusive has also taught me that people's stories are part of their bodies and part of their life. And I just love, learning about people's stories and i think we forget that so much in our society where it's all a you know clickbait or a like on instagram mm -hmm. or whatever like these little tiny snapshots we are so much more than that mm -hmm. um, and i just think learning this paradigm and like learning about haze and learning about life in that way has really really taught me so much about that does that make sense absolutely yeah and I can relate to that, you know, just in terms of who you are as a person, always questioning. I mean, I think my mom said my first question that out of my mouth was why, when, you know, my first <laughs> word was why, why did we do that? And I think back to like so many points in my life where, you know, I, I needed to know that before I could do something or understand it in that way before I could hit action. Um, and I was just having that conversation with my yoga instructor, you know, she goes, your cerebral brain mm -hmm. is not only your blessing, it can be your downfall. Yeah. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah, totally. Because, <laughs> which is, I think what happens with books and courses. And this was something I think was it Haley we were talking to about was it Haley. Maybe it wasn't Haley. It might've been another episode. We were talking about, um, just the fact that there are so many programs and we can get wrapped up in wanting to do them all, but then we don't have the time to explore and unwind and learn and relearn and, and really embody ourselves because it's like this race to keep up and yes. to know the most and be the most. And I think that's where that, that kind of, we've been talking about like the diet culture will sneak in our life. Mm -hmm. in lots of different ways and that whole comparison and having the most followers and the most this the most that and we just forget to to just be where we're at yes yes we do and I think it's so important to just like because that's what we do with clients and that's what we do with speaking and mm -hmm. just to meet everyone where they are mm -hmm. we sometimes forget that we need to meet ourselves where we are. I think the biggest impact this work has had for me is to be less judgmental. Yeah. And more curious. Yes. And I think, you know, back to different times in my life where I said certain things or didn't get the story, like you were talking about, like the snapshot of even our clients coming in our office. Mm -hmm. That is just an hour of their life not yeah. even and and how 
much of their story really matters to the work that we can do with people. Yes. And if you, you know, I remember hearing colleagues say, oh, well, that person is, is never going to change. That person is who they are. They're so stubborn. They're so this, they're, they're so. Oh, I know. So stubborn all the time. <laughs> or they're non-compliant. I mean, we have all these terms that we use I hate for, that one. for clients. And um, I think Jose Savinsky just posted something beautiful. Yes, on, totally. It was amazing. On Instagram about the definition of that and what it really means when people appear to be non-compliant in quotations that you can't see me doing right now. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't like using those words either. No, I have to link to all of those things for people so they can see them. Oh, but, no. uh, but I think that was the biggest thing for me. And I remember an internship when my, one of my preceptors says, Oh, well you just haven't been corrupted yet. It's like really, really is that is that because you know you're you're trying to show up and be compassionate to these these patients that are coming into the hospital and appear to be choosing certain behaviors or certain lifestyles, but we have no idea what's going on in the background for these people. And I think doing this work has really helped me not only to be less judgmental on clients but also colleagues who are at places of their own in this journey and may not necessarily see things the way I do. And even to myself, if I yeah. can't finish my book pile or start a course that's been sitting there for a year, probably on my computer. Totally. Yeah. So, so that's allowed so much of me just to relax and unwind and really be present in my work. Mm-hmm. I think part of it too is um, I think we've both kind of etched out spaces where we can do that um, and being allowed to sit back a little bit and take a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's so important because I know there's so many people who are trying to do this work who are just in workplaces that don't allow for that space and growth Mm -hmm. uh, where they're, you know, you're pushing clients through at whatever rate you're being told you have to. And, right. um, you know, people are looking at your chart notes saying, well, why did you talk about this? Like, what does that have to do with X, Y, or Z? Right. Um, because a lot of the profession, let's be honest, still kind of live in that weight normative mm-hmm. medical care lives in that weight more normative paradigm still. And, you know, if you're talking about, I don't know, the going for a walk in a forest to calm down, conversation for 45 minutes that's not what you as the dietitian should have been doing according to some right so I think that um right I think I know for me my personal growth and development has really come from moving into spaces where that was nurtured and allowed Mm -hmm. I don't mean I don't like the word allowed but nurtured I guess is just the word I want to use it's like journey I'm not into non-compliant allowed and journey right now the word journey bothers me. <laughs> I'm stealing from uh, the Sophie Hagen book. We're going on safari. <laughs> we're okay. no longer on a jury. We're going on a safari. Can we talk about that? Because I've heard that a few times. And, and I'm curious about what's going on with the word journey. To me, it's so wrapped up in diet culture. Uh, well, wellness culture, I guess. Because okay. it's like, you're, you know, let's go on your weight loss journey. You hear that so much. Let's go on your... Okay. your 
um, lifestyle journey. Like to right. me, that word journey has just become so co-opted for that and so loaded mm-hmm. um, that I have actually been at social gatherings where I've pe- heard people say, no, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to say anything specific. Um, I'm not going to eat that because I'm on my journey. And it's just like, come on. Like, okay. What is so your journey? co-opting? That's yeah. Happening. And so, I mean, I, I still use that word for myself because I don't have that association. Okay. Yeah. And that however, makes sense, right? Yeah. However, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you because I've heard that a few from a few different people about that word journey and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well I won't use it. And I'll, I'll start that to ask Lori why. <laughs> why do you just like that word um, but I think it can it's like any word it can have totally different meanings yes. for other people so I mean realistically me stealing word safari or quest or intergalactic journey I might like <laughs> let's go on an intergalactic journey it might be more fun okay. um, I'm thinking but you know like just because it has a meaning for me doesn't mean it has a meaning for anyone else. And I also need to be really cognizant when I say I don't like using that word, that it might actually be a beautiful word for somebody. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think that is great because this is sometimes conversations we have with clients about, you know, what does that word mean to you? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Before we kind of like, if, you know, when I talk about intuitive eating or mindful eating or, it's held at every size that we're talking about. I always ask first, what does that mean to you? Because there's a chance that it's been co-opted. Yes. Yes. And just because I think it means something or the dictionary thinks it means something doesn't mean that that's what it means to someone else. Like, you know, when you get to that yeah. age where younger people say words and you're like, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Don't know. I feel or the like, abbreviation. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, sometimes my kids are at that age where they say something and then they look at me and they're like, it means cool. Oh, um, but I think in diet culture, there's so many words like that. Right. Um, or even diet. Yeah. Yeah. In other people's lives, there's so many words like that, right? Like we all have like kind of these words we say at home that might mean something that we don't realize. So I agree, like always kind of checking in to see what the word they're saying, or even you're saying, you know, sometimes when you can say something and you see it on their face, you're like, Oh, that didn't land right. Yes. Checking in to see what that word means. I think language, I think I think we need to do more language work in dietetics. To be honest, uh, wouldn't that be nice to have like? Yes. We're not talking about PES statements. We're talking about like no. the language that we're oh using gosh, with our clients. Yes. With our like the language we use with each other, like when we say, "Oh, they're not compliant. They're stubborn." Like, what are we actually saying about that person, mm-hmm. or what are we saying about ourselves when we say that? Mm-hmm. Like, I was too lazy to listen to them. Like, I don't know. That's my opinion. <laughs> it's just, you know, the more, again, the more you learn about this, you just really realize. And, and, and again, I think another part of my journey has been more recently that I still have a lot of work to do around being compassionate to others who don't quite see it my way. Yes. Uh, because I've had my partner say to me, well, what makes your way right? And that really kind of made me think about it. Okay, this isn't a right and wrong game, first yeah. of all. So what do I, what can I say differently to be able to make it? And, and in the framework that we were talking about, it was like a parenting thing. It wasn't even related to diet culture. Yeah. But it was like, well, what makes your way right about putting the kids to bed at a certain time? 
okay, well then we can go on a different train with that thought, but just to kind of show that how do we communicate with each other so that it's, you know, when you're talking to colleagues about introducing weight neutrality in your office, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to be very creative and skillful with it because you want it to come from a place of curiosity and welcoming and compassion. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I've had colleagues say to me, well, you're being an actual Judas overzealous. Yes. Or you're coming off too passionate and then it actually dulls your effectiveness mm-hmm. with your, your team. Whereas other times, if you come at it with asking questions and curiosity and compassion and using empathy, which has been a major uh, tool in my toolbox when I'm doing this work yes. is, is how to effectively convey empathy mm-hmm. For sure. uh, to the, the point that I was actually trained in a workshop on empathy um, and just the power of that to be able to do more of this work skillfully so that we don't burn out and, yeah. and sort of take a toll on us. Two thoughts came up for me when you were saying that. One is I think a course on empathy should be taught in high school, personally. Mm. Um, or earlier. Or even earlier. Like maybe we should put Author. empathy in the curriculum starting in kindergarten. Um, because it's something that um, I find harder to teach people in adulthood than younger. Mm. Um, and the other thing was, is um, when you said about you and your partner talking um, like right or wrong, um, one thing I have noticed doing more of this work, I'm, the binary is really yes. starting to become more apparent to me. And my partner and I have had a lot of discussions about um, binary in many different aspects. Um, like we had this amazing long discussion the other night about gender um, and just, you know, people like just seeing people as people. Um, and it, it's just so fascinating. Like to me, my eyes started to become more open when doing this work, I started to be, cause I live in a, a thinner body, um, like more socially acceptable body. Um, I can walk in any store pretty much and buy clothes. Um, and so living in a larger body, um, I haven't personally experienced um, too much of my life. So, for me, learning more about um, larger bodied and and fat advocacy and stuff like that has also opened my eyes to other marginalized bodies that I didn't necessarily think about so much. Yeah. Um, and just, we've had some really great discussions at home about that because, well, as you know, my husband's Filipino and so my kids are mixed and um, they are darker skinned and um, just their lived experience being so different from mine. And so just doing this work, you just learn so much more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really coming to my house in that way too. Just the very binary thinking that we learn in school and we learn in life um, mm-hmm. and kind of just breaking down that right or wrong. Because if something's right, that means conversely something is wrong. But yeah, how can we always have something wrong? So what if we start saying, what is working for that person? Right. Or something. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it just goes to show you, you know, my partner and I have been together for nine years and I've always been this way in our relationship, but how ingrained mm-hmm. it is in our society, the binary thinking about yeah. the black, white, the yes, no, healthy, unhealthy, right, wrong, 
gender, male, female. I mean, we're so limited in that 50, 50 split of you're either this or you're that. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no room for you to make your own decision about what it is for you that's working. Yes. Well, it's interesting because my partner and I have been together for 21 years. Woo! I know. Eh? Um, we were babies when we met. Um, and so we've been on this journey kind of together. Um, he mm-hmm. gone through the various phases of me learning and I'm a talker and I will, I process out loud sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so he has listened to me process all of this. Like I will just randomly be like, so I read this today, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, do you have thoughts on that? <laughs> because I needed to say it out loud to the world and yeah. he was there. <laughs> so, um, so it's interesting because um, I can tell certain things have stayed because he'll be like, well, when you said this before, about this person and mm. I'm like, oh and he even knows like the uh the netic conference in toronto that's biannual um the national eating disorder information center conference for those of you that don't know um he even like he's always like so that's coming up you have to go because you always come back from that so inspired um right so th- there's even like certain touch points in life and stuff that he's really going like this is good for you in this work related way um, so, but it's cool because we have been through this kind of almost together. Um, yes. Yeah. But I think that really highlights the importance of community and doing this work. You know, we can talk about our partners and, you know, sometimes I think friends, family partners can be very supportive in that journey because they can remind us, they can be listening ears. They can also challenge because yeah. I think sometimes if they're not quite around and this is one thing I love doing uh, with, you know, a few people in my life that are non dietitians and non-medical mm-hmm. clinicians, because I'll, I'll land things like, you know, with something I've read or something I'm working through and get their kind of beginner's mind view of, okay, what are some of the challenges I'm going to experience in doing this work? Yeah. Um, or what are some of the things that I still need some supervision on? to kind of work through and talk through mm-hmm. with people. And it can be really, really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. But that has also been sort of like that cerebral binary mind of it can either be helpful or not helpful. It can also land me in exhaustion yes. and frustration if I'm not coming at it from that, yeah. that mind of, okay, use it as curiosity, use it as fuel. And so I've, I think in the last year, especially have really done a lot of work on not taking that personal. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Because that, yes, (laughs) the taking it personal makes it so hard. Um, And and fighting it too, right? Like meeting it with resistance, you know, in motivational interviewing, they call that rolling with resistance Yeah, and how you kind of just take that step back and look at it and just process it in a, in a way that's going to help you to make a, a behavior associated with it that will move you forward or flow with it rather than, you know, put your boxing gloves on. I love that you just said flow with it. I love that. That kind of just the visual of just flow with it. Like I love, yeah. I love that. Well, it's, it's ever, I mean, like you say with the words that, that sort of mean certain things to us is I do love that word flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that does mean 
things to me that help me stay in that kind of ever evolving flow rather than it just be, you know, circular or linear. Mm -hmm. It could be, it, it could be rapids sometimes. Yeah. And you're just learning to flow what, and that could happen in a 24 hour period. Yes. You're smooth sailing and then there's some rapids. So I think doing this work, we really have to learn how to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. so we can keep showing up and yes. And that's something and do the work. Yeah. You and I have both been working on that. I, I know just because I know. So. Um, and it's hard. It is hard. Like, it's like, you know, there was, I can speak for myself and say, there's many days where there was me sitting in the kitchen crying, going, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Um, and it's not just in this work. It's the, um, I suffer from imposter syndrome a lot. I can fully admit that. Um, and I will sometimes get almost paralyzed with, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I should say anything because I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have, um, you know, lovely people in my life like you that tell me to suck it up um, and remind me that, well, you don't say suck it up, but um, that, you know, there's things that I know and there's things that I'm learning. And I have gotten much better at saying like, you're right. I was wrong. I didn't know this, but now I do. So now I can do better. Um, that's been a big learning curve, but I think a good one. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, I can totally relate to imposter syndrome because when you kind of step away from a full-time permanent position mm -hmm. and you're doing stuff completely solo, it can yes. be very intimidating because that work that you do, you want to give to others but there has to be some kind of exchange in value so you could pay your mortgage and pay your bills. Yeah. And you can, I think sometimes doing this work, we feel guilty about that, that, and that's where that kind of self-worth and asking, you know, for, for an exchange in our value. Mm -hmm. I think also doing it in a way that's authentic and not overcharging, undercharging based on whatever it is you need to be able to provide that value is important for us to be able to communicate, but yeah. there's definitely that imposter. But when, you know, over the last year of the people that we have been interviewing is that we all have that. It's yes. been quite clear in all clear. of our interviews yeah. is that we are all struggling with that in some way. And it's, I think, again, it's kind of like that sneaky diet culture that sneaks in and kind of, manipulates us to compare and strive to do more do better yes and we have to check in with it and and sort of realize okay where is this coming from what can we do with it yeah is a better way of of managing it so it doesn't paralyze us because i've definitely felt that yeah in in lots of aspects of life whether it's motherhood or <laughs> partnership okay. or friendships or whatever mm -hmm. we can we can feel that in so many different ways Yes. And I think also realizing that my worth does not just come from my work. Yes. Um, has been huge. And I think it's interesting because um, when you and I first started working together on this and other things, um, I kind of felt like, I don't know if I'm 
good enough to do this if I'm being totally honest. Um, but I think it's been such a wonderful um, growth experience and I feel fairly equal to you right now. Um, and so that I think had, in the beginning, I was like, oh no, like Corey's done all these online things before and da da da, and what do I know? Um, but then it just became really just, I don't want to say easy, but easy. Like you were just so wonderful to work with that it helped me get over that feeling. Does that make sense? Well, um, thank you for making me cry. Cause oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not my intent in any way, shape or form. Oh, <laughs> no, I think, um, I, oh, that's so wonderful to hear because you know, I, I thought the same about you in the sense of with the work you're doing in eating disorders and body image, I thought, holy smokes, I don't know enough. And the whole point of life is really not needing to know everything, but knowing where to go to get the answer or the support or to learn and ask the questions. And I think you and I kind of both worked through that together this year. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to have that support to yes. be able to do that. And we, you and I have had hard conversations with each other, yes. which are, you know, always not fun to have with each other, but that, that is a great partnership to have is when you can be vulnerable with each other. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's what makes it easy in quotations of, just being able to show up and be where you're at today and do what we have to do today. And I think that's when your authenticity really shines of like, I am who I am. I'm here. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. Rumble and fumble as I've heard other people say. Yeah. Um, so, so we've rumbled and fumbled many times over the last year. Mm-hmm. together and I think yeah just looking back and going holy smoke it's, it's been a year look at all the things that have happened in that yeah. year and for those of you listening Lori and I had no idea what we were doing when we started podcasting oh we, god no <laughs> <laughs> Not- we, we just did it but this was a conversation I had with my yoga instructor the other day is that cerebral mind we can get so caught up in thinking and overthinking and perfecting and then it just we don't do anything and you and I were just like we're just gonna do it we're just gonna we're just gonna start recording I think we started recording before we even figured out how we were gonna post it yes we started recording um I think we had recorded like four before we were even okay so how do we get out into the world yes um you and I both work on very odd schedules and so I I know we were messaging each other at midnight some days being like okay so I just googled this and this is what I found and okay I totally googled this um and then I oh what I randomly just started asking people like sending messages to people whose podcasts I listen to in the hopes that someone would reply yeah um like we got our music I just remember this actually um the website where I found the music uh Julie Duffy Dillon because I sent a message to her randomly asking suggested that one um Fiona and Sutherland and Christy Harris use Podbean for their podcast so I was like oh this must work (laughs) it was just one of those random we just we jumped before we looked but 
I think sometimes that's okay. And it's interesting that you bring up a conversation with your yoga instructor. I have, and you know, that's just gone back to yoga after not going for a year and a half to a studio. Like I've done yoga at home, but sometimes I need the cueing for motivation. Um, and she was talking about the, what are you waiting for? Mm. Like, are you waiting for your body to look a certain way? Are you waiting for a job promotion? Like, why are you not doing what you want to do? What are you waiting for? And I think that's something that um, I like to think it goes both ways, but I'm not sure. You and I have kind of pushed each other a little bit into what are we waiting for? Let's just do it now. I know mm -hmm. you were more like that than I was in the beginning. Um, well, easier to do it with someone else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think we've done, like, we've had conversations about um, like I've done more speaking engagements this year than I ever have. And you're kind of like, why would you not do it? Just go, mm -hmm. right? Like what I'm waiting for. I'm not, I don't need a PhD to go do some of these. If they're asking me, then I must have something they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's right. It's what am I waiting for? Um, mm -hmm. I, it sounds super corny, but you know that, um, you only live once saying, I saw a thing that said, no, you only die once you live every day. And I was like, right, you do. You should just go do all the things every day. Right. Um, and um, because I want my kids to be like that, I know that I've been trying to be a little bit more, you're right, let's just say yes if I have the time and the energy and the bandwidth to do it. But let's, I don't need to wait for something to happen to go do a podcast because, hey, I have Corey, let's just go do it. Or, right? So it's been, it's been cool. And even just some of our guests, I know you and I were just kind of like, well, let's just email them. What are they going to do? Say no. And yeah. we did. Nobody I said no. Everyone <laughs> has said no. 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 Um, and I think even like people didn't necessarily even know who we were. And it's like, yeah. okay. Because we had guests before we released. Mm -hmm. So it was, hi, how are you? We'd like to see if you'd like to be on our podcast, <laughs> right? And I think it's been super, and I think that just speaks to this community of people wanting to share their messages and their knowledge because we're so passionate about sharing it. There's so much support in this community that I think when you first sort of get introduced to health at every size and weight inclusive and non-diet approaches, you're kind of a fish out of water and you, you're learning, you're exploring, you're, you're looking at people who have, you know, been doing this work for years and you can get a little sidetracked with that because you're just so in unfamiliar territory. But in all honesty, there isn't really any competition it's just what we create in our head yeah. with 7 billion people on this earth. I mean, we all need to be doing this work. There is so much work to do. Yeah. So just if there is something you're afraid to do, you know, that's why I love Brene's work. Brene Brown is like lean into it. Oh, I know. And, yeah. and is, I mean, is there something for safety reasons not doing something, but that's aside the point of really just, well, how come, you know, if I don't have a PhD, how come I can't go and speak and do these things? There are always those times. I think I told you this a few weeks ago where someone said to me, well, I don't think you're qualified enough. Yes. To, oh, I know. <laughs> to give this talk. And I kind of went, huh? I've been doing this work for a really long time. What, what other qualifications do I need? Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and so there's always those things that kind of just are said to you and stick at you and, and you kind of have to process them. Um, but you know, sometimes I've just said, okay, that's fine. Yeah. See you later. Like nice talking to you. Um, however, it's funny how sometimes people that have said that to me later come back to me and say, Oh, we wanted you to do this. So instead of being, you know, the voice in my head was like, what, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, I just asked with curiosity of, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And took a deep, very deep breath so that I could, so that I could say that in that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so bizarre that we can sometimes get intimidated by the people that really inspire us. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't a need for that because they've been so supportive. Yes. Yes. And literally when you meet some people, it's like, I try really hard not to be fangirly mm -hmm. um, because they're just people and yeah. they'll be the first one to say to you, I'm just a person. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. like, yeah, um, I know. <laughs> I'll never forget meeting Linda Bacon for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and Linda said to me, I asked Linda if, she, if my book, which was way back in, I think, 2009, if Linda would sign it. And uh, there was like this hesitation. I'm, I'm just a person. I'm just like you. And, and I was like, no, you, this book has changed my life. Like I really, really want it. And that was that first time that I thought, okay, so I've got to, you know, process this when I'm comparing myself to people who have written these super inspiring, groundbreaking foundational things to my life. Yeah. Is how can I check that at the door, which sometimes is easier to do than others. Yes, totally. Totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's been a few people where I, well, when I met, um, Sonia Re Renee Taylor this past May, I met it. Well, you were with me. I was like, I was oh, there. <laughs> I have like no words to say, which is very rare. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, but it was so funny because I was, I just didn't know what to say. I'm like, hi, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> oh, that's all good. But yeah. You know, the, and there's always going to be people that I think kind of rock your world and change your life. Um, mm -hmm. But then I also think you as a person can do that for someone else. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And, and I think that um, that's part of the motivation to get uncomfortable sometimes is, do you know what? Mm. There is someone that's going to benefit from reading this or hearing this or, you know, someone yeah. else coming in and saying it to them. So, you know, just throw it out there and, and if it sticks somewhere, it sticks. So seeing how we ask all of our guests, I think it would be kind of cool oh, if yeah. we ask each other, what is currently nourishing you, Lori? Oh, so, um, as we record this, I don't know when we're going to post this, which I should know because I do that schedule, don't I? Um, it's the beginning of July, which is summer um, here where we live. And the warm air and the sun is nourishing me. Um, I love to be outside um, in the summer, spring, summer, fall, um, and just moving my body outside. So I find that very nourishing. 
I have um, taken some extra time off this summer than I normally do. And so I'm spending more time with um, my kids. Hence the uh, pool party in the background. Yes, I'm sorry. Can you hear it right now? I, <laughs> I feel they got into guitars and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to keep talking and hopefully it just doesn't <laughs> go. <laughs> um, yes, I couldn't ship anybody out today for this. Um, and, but just getting to spend just snuggle time um, mm. and because they're getting bigger and they're not going to want to do that anytime you know like forever and so that is nourishing me my book pile is nourishing me because even though I haven't read it all just looking at the titles makes me excited and happy mm. um I have a big list I got my new day timer I am still a person that likes to write mm-hmm. their agenda book um and I love mine and I so I just got a new one that I just cracked the binding on it's very exciting and coffee coffee always mm. nourishes me it, <laughs> it just makes me happy in life in general and um yeah that and the word nourish can I just say it's one of my favorite words well clearly it's mine too so and I'm with you. gonna show up on my body sometime this summer so <gasps> oh, I'll goodness. let you know when that happens um but yeah so what's nourishing you right now Corey oh wow well even just firstly our conversations always nourish me as well as when we have our guests that we get to talk to quite frequently. So I I just feel so fortunate to be able to have you and our ever growing community and our listeners. Wow. I'm just, you know, every time we check in with each other and we send pictures back and forth of our listeners that nourishes me just to see that there's there's actually our message is landing with folks well it's so funny because I was like if we get five people to listen to each episode that's amazing and well it's over that (laughs) it's a little bit more than that so I just think that's really cool and I think it's cool from just the point of you know we're not alone yes I don't look at it as like whoa we have this many listeners now it's more of just the place of thank you and glad we're here with you and lastly my veggie garden actually is really nourishing me I have always wanted to have a very vast veggie garden and um, I just totally threw some seeds in the ground with the kids one day like just completely clueless of how I was going to actually do this Um, But it's been this fun little project that the kids are helping with. And my grandma is 85. She's helping me with it. Uh, My feet look like I don't wash them because I'm out there every day (laughs) weeding and watering. And um, it's just funny when I go to yoga and my feet are like really kind of dirty looking, (laughs) but it's all good. Um, And just being outside, like you said, because it's summer here right now. I'm not a fan of the cold, so definitely prefer being outside. Um, I love the seasons, but the cold is like... Yeah, not a fan of the super hot. However, this winter was really long, so I'm just like, whatever. Shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm good. Sit. I will just sit. Yeah, totally. I need some blue sky and some green. Yes. So, yeah, that's all nourishing me. So when am I going to get to come pick something from your veggie garden? Well, it's behind this year. Um, 
everything is just starting to really take off. So I will let you know, but we have some different herbs and we have potatoes. Our potatoes are doing really well. So they'll probably be ready soon. Um, and just tons of other stuff. So I'll let you know, cause we'll, it's just going to all come in and then we're not going to be able to keep up with totally. all of it. So I'll let I you know. Gladly take some off your hands because you've had some spinach. The spinach was just, there's nothing in comparison to homegrown. Oh no. I, we used to have a veggie garden growing up and I used to take a bowl and go outside and put things and put it in the bowl and eat it. like, <laughs> It was just random, like green beans and two lettuce leaves and a tomato or something. <laughs> and rhubarb. I was, I used to pull rhubarb and eat it out of the ground. It's like the whole saying of just do it and ask questions later. Yeah. I think that's been our theme of our today. It's just, totally. I think we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Totally. I love it. I always love talking to you. In fact, I think I talk to you most days. We have like a one a day minimum. Totally. Yeah. There's like three people in the world. I have that within your one of them. <laughs> so thank you for being that person. Oh, well, I'm so glad. And I'm thankful that you are that person for me too. Yay. Well, enjoy the rest of your pool party. There's only two kids. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> thank you listeners. You for- taught them well. Yeah, we party well, let me tell you. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everyone for being here and we will connect with you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for being part of our Nourish Circle today. We hope you join us next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nourish Circle. Don't forget to like us on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. (laughs) 